Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool All rise for her eyes Every Wednesday afternoon on the YHH Podcast Network Alright, I got that out of my system. <laughs> Welcome back to Her Eyes, where Peter and Todd yap about girls' high school hockey in the winter classic list state of Minnesota. I am one part Ooh. of this total eclipse of the heart. My name is Peter Odney, and I've been enraptured in the Netflix series Sunderland Till I Die, which is why I felt the need to address you in a spot-on accent. That's what I've been doing with our week off for the holidays. Todd, what have you been doing? I'm actually sitting back waiting for more British concepts. Crikey. Just keep talking to me with the slang. So. Brexit. But I suppose we should get back to business a little bit. So we are in Studio 1A at the YHH home office. Uh, we're going to be talking about some uh, Minnesota girls high school games. We're going to talk about some players. We're also going to talk about anything related to hockey in any aspect of life. Um, one of our proud sponsors, we want to make sure and give them some love for keeping us under control and also financed, uh, is uh, Map Hockey, which is located in Mendota Heights. So out there, all my little skaters and all my little tendies, if you're looking for that extra edge or that off-season training opportunity, make sure and check out Map Hockey. They do have uh, many on- and off-ice training opportunities for squirts, peewees, and bantams, as well as the big kids at the big schools. They also have specific tendy training camps, so make sure and visit map.hockey for more info. But speaking of the R-A-N-K, Bloody brilliant. That's the ranks that gets thrown to us by Mr. Peter Odney. Hello. Hello. So why don't you give us what's going on with the top ten from the double A, if you would, from your brainiac from the tournament weeks we've just got done with. <laughs> I promise I'm done. Blake takes over as number one in Class AA. The Bears skate to a win in the Schwanz Cup. Big 4-3 win over Andover. Also in Class AA, Maple Grove. Maple Grove, welcome to number 10 after hovering around the top seven for some time. They go 2-3 and three in their last two weeks. The Crimson actually 1-3 uh, in their last four games. Mildly upsetting. In Class A, Matamidi drops out after going 0-4-1 in his last five games. Uh, Cloquet, Esco Carlton, and Minneapolis will take over at number 10 and number 9, respectively. And Breck, Breck takes over number 2 for Mountain West Tonka, despite the Whitehawks still being undefeated. Breck with a big win over previously top-ranked in Class 2A, Edina. But the Mustangs still behind Warroad in the Class A rankings. That was the biggest thing I noticed. I'm like, oh my gosh, the Whitehawks dropped a spot, which on the double A side, those three has been a revolving door, even though now Forest Lake is in that. So now it's a revolving four door because as Forest Lake's in the three spot. But they upgraded to the four door. But yeah, so it's a four door Cadillac is what we're, we're rocking here. But anyway, um, it, you know, it's nice to see Breck get up there a little bit. They have got the horses. Get it? Horses? Badumptis. But. Uh, but anyway, uh, World is the, uh, as uh, some friends of ours have said, they are the best team in the world when it comes to girls' high school hockey. So, An interesting observation. It is. But we're going to see if that's going to fulfill because we are <laughs> kind of at the halfway point. Can we say that? Even though we're over the halfway, it's kind of like 4th of July is a halfway point of the summer. But we know there's a little bit more than just half left. But If you looked at the titles of the tournaments that were played over the holiday, you would assume that it was... The middle of winter, that True. two of them were the midwinter showdown and the midwinter uh, border battle. Was that the other one? Yeah. 
even though winter officially started on the what the 21st of December, technically, you know, technically by I don't know Melinda Jensen's terms. But um, shout out, Belinda anyway. Jensen. Speaking of terms, let's get to some terms that we like to talk about, which is the tourney. And we had a mess of tournaments that were going on during the season. Uh, not a lot of conference games, obviously. Obviously, with the Christmas break. So sorry if you were looking for us last week. We had to take a break. Um, so, but anyway, we're, we're back in task. So, I guess the big term we're gonna we're gonna throw out right away is gonna be that Schwanch Cup, which is always the, the big, the bad, and the beautiful. Um, but in that one, we had as he as Peter spoke before Andover uh, was vic- uh, was uh, not victorious. Blake was victorious. I wrote Andover up there for some reason, uh, but it's Blake that actually won with the four three victory over Andover, who was crushing everybody until the championship game in the gold division. Uh, in the silver division, that was won by Buffalo with a three nothing victory over the Jags of Bloomington Jefferson, which was a good uh, two and one uh, weekend for them. Uh, for the Jags, so hopefully they're going to get over the hump here and get past that 500 spot. Uh, and then on the bronze side, we had East Ridge uh, and Fiona Clarity. I hope I'm saying that right. Clarity. Clarity. Um, <laughs> she was able to help uh, East Ridge Raptors uh, win the bronze division with the Schwann. So um, some big, big tournaments there. But we also have some other tournaments which were going on besides the Schwanns. We had a bunch of tournaments going on up, uh, out, up out at Eden Prairie. And this one is the meltdown. This yep. is the midwinter meltdown, not the border battle. Not the midwinter meltdown. It was just straight up meltdown. We can't, we can't really tell if it was bracket play or not. We're going to assume that it wasn't. Rozo goes three and zero. They beat Eden Prairie five to two in their last game. Nice metro trip for the Rams. They also beat Chaskachan and Minnetonk. The Rams are now thirteen and two on the season. To blame for the midwinter border battle mm. Forest Lake goes three and zero with wins over White Bear Lake, Central Wisconsin, and Fergus Falls. Todd, take us down to Farmington and fill us in on what happened All right. in the South Suburban. Down to Farmington, they had another classic down there. And what it was, it was basically eight teams. And I think that's kind of the trend is we're all actually in Prior Lake with uh, the hockey for life on the boys' side. Uh, so it's you see more trends, I think, with the getting away from the brackets where they feel like they've got to um, – uh, have a winner or have medals. Uh, so it, it's like I, th- I think it, I've talked to a couple coaches which like the idea of just having I know three games. I know when I'm up on my three games. I know who to scout for. I don't have to worry about I'm maybe going to play. I got to scout seven. I only have to scout three. So uh, in that perspective, though, in the Lewis Schmitz Classic, which was down in Farmington, uh, the two teams that kind of came out of that uh, winning all three of their games was Farmington and Lakeville North. Uh, Farmington had three victories, uh, 5-1 over Hastings, 2-1 over Northfield, and 7-3 over uh, New Prague. And the big uh, winner in that one, which we'll talk about a little later, was uh, Claire Enright, who was a leading uh, point getter for the Tigers in the Schmitz Classic. Uh, another team that did really well was that Lakeville North team, who was uh, kind of teetering on doing big things in the South Suburban, but, uh, but three victories is good for them to kind of push them off. Uh, they had a 5-2 win over Hutch. They had a 4-1 victory over Hastings and a nice 2-0 win over uh, Northfield. So uh, some momentum, hopefully, for the Panthers to jump through the South Suburban, which is going to be a tough conference across the board. There's a lot of teams in that conference which are going to be battling for that first place. South Suburban is just a cluster. It is. It's a cluster of, of some good teams and some okay teams and some teams you're just having some trouble. So uh, I think if you get a, you can have an upset any night of the week, I think, with the South Suburban. I think that's the beauty of that league where there's not one or two clear-cut awesome teams. It's just a bunch of good teams and some teams are on the rise. So. Yeah, there, there are five teams with ten or more points right now in the South Suburban. Egan at the top, uh, Shakopee with 14 total points, Lakeville North and Burnsville tied at 12, and then Eastview rounds out the top five with ten total points. True. South Suburban will be fun to watch. 
Uh, another term we want to, I'm sure that if you were in the southwest suburbs of the cities, you were around the Walzer Invitation, which is over in the uh, Braemar Arena, located in Edina. Little and known Braemar Arena. Little, yeah, nobody knows about Braemar, and that'll be another story of where Braemar comes from. But uh, in the meantime, Brainerd Little Falls walks away with the championship, championship there. Uh, again, a couple surprises there was the, the Breck 4 2 win over uh, Edina in the semifinals that kind of opened it up, and then uh, Blaine. Uh, I'm sorry, Brainerd and Little Falls uh, started with uh, Victor over North Wright County, which they've beat them now now twice this year, so that's good for them. They shut out Maple Grove 2-0 and then beat Breck uh, 4-2. I guess the big two people I want to talk about for the Warriors was uh, Cheyenne Abair, who had four goals on the weekend, and then Abby Polkamp, who has kind of gets the other teammates on her squad kind of get the the limelight, you know, Abair gets a lot of press and Booth gets press on that squad. But actually, Abby uh, had three goals and four assists on the weekend for the Warriors. And then I did my research from there. Polkamp's actually leading the team right now with 14 goals in the goal Ooh. department and in points with 27. So little known Polkamp, watch out. She's actually <laughs> helping the Warriors be where they're at right now. And we'll come back to the Warriors because we're going to chat about them because they have a big game coming up. Friday night light, so be ready for that one. That quarterfinal win over Northright County, that's a section game. Big matchup for section seating. Nice win by the Warriors who are uh – Looks like they're they're closing in on that top spot. A little bit. Eight double A. Um, two other terms. We'll quick brief about. Uh, Wallet had a tournament. Uh, they had, again they had an invite. Is what they basically had. They had uh, four teams. Themselves. They had the Osseo Park Center. They had Dodge Center, and they also had Rosemont. But they won all three of their games. They kind of blew by everybody. Uh, eight nothing over Osseo. Seven one over Rosemont, and two nothing over Dodge County. So it's their tournament. They crushed it. Uh, HC the big HC Corneliusen. She had six goals and five assists on the weekend. So. She blasted apart uh, Miss Coons in the net. She gave up one goal, so that was no surprise uh, for them. So Ward kind of cakes through their own tournament. And then a little love to my Burnsville uh, Blades because I got some friends down in Burnsville, and they had their own little invite down there, and they went 3-0 on the weekend, uh, beating Park Cottage Grove 4-0, Apple Valley 3-2, and Hudson 3-1. So Get out of here, Hudson. Go, go Burns. So that's our tournament recap. And I think I'm done with tournaments for a yeah, while. One, uh, one quick note on that Dodge County World game. Sky Hughes, the goaltender for Dodge County, 33 saves. Big night. Holding the Warriors to just two third-period goals. Boom. Nice work, Dodge County. Some good. So with the tournaments, uh, you know, we always like to talk about our players of the week. And so some of our players of the week really were more players of the tournament. But we have a couple <laughs> gals that uh, were not in tournaments or they had a kind of a poor tournament showing. But... They had some games that we want to kind of give some love. And the funny thing about this is you're going to hear a couple names that you know, and you're going to hear some names that you have no idea. And that's the beauty of her ice as we talk about everybody we can find that everybody. has greatness. So uh, let's start off with a great gal who had a game of her life, I think. She <laughs> might be did this when she was a U12 or U10. But um, Allie Halverson from Rochester, John Marshall, uh, was part of a great night as they played Worthington down in Austin, had a tournament. Now, Rochester, John Marshall has not had a very good season. Not great. Going into the weekend, uh, they had a record of uh, 1-12. and 12, well, 1-13, I'm sorry, because they ended the weekend with one win and two losses, so now they got a record of 2-15. and 15. But in that second victory, they beat Worthington by a score of 11-8. to 8. Yes, right, a football score. They won by field goal. But Miss Halverson 
had six goals and three assists in the Rocket victory. So kudos and a fist bump to Miss Halverson for a nine-point evening for herself. Those nine points tie Halverson for uh, second most ever scored in a game with Annika Linzer of uh, Centennial. They are right behind Chrissy Wendell. Little known Chrissy Wendell. Who's Who's that? And Shelby Van Keer from Wyndham area. Wendell and Van Keer had 11 points in one game each. But nice showing by Halverson, writing herself into the record books. Good job. Uh, Another gal that you've heard before, her name is Lily DeLandis. I'm sure you've heard her once or twice. She is a Blake (laughs) skater. Uh, She is a commit to Cornell, uh, and she was at the Swanage Cup. So she helped Blake in the victory uh, over and over. And the reason I want to bring her up is because she had a really good three-game tournament. She had five goals, four assists in that tournament. And I want to focus on the championship game where she shined in the spotlight at Ritter Arena where she had a goal and three assists in the Blake victory. So kudos to Miss DeLandis on her great weekend at Ritter. What did we do before kudos? Kudos. Like what did we give people Snickers. before that? Okay. Remember the kudo bar you used to get as a kid? No. You didn't have kudos? Uh-uh. Okay. Maybe just an applause. <laughs> High five. <laughs> Chest bump. Good job. Uh, another player that had a great uh, great game, and you might not have heard of her. Uh, her name is Jessie Catola. Uh, she's from North Shore. A uh, little, little small organization up there on the... Duh, the North Shore, a little further than Duluth. Um, but uh, she's a 12th grader, and in a victory over Fairmont in the score of 9-2, to um, Jesse had a six-point even. She had the Texas hat trick with four Texas. goals, and she had two assists. So uh, fist bump to Miss uh, Catola with her six-point evening uh, as they defeated Fairmont in 9-2. to Bravo. And, and one more uh, player of the game we want to talk about. Uh, is, again, it was a great weekend for some people, and some had great weekends. Is Miss Claire Enright, who is a Minnesota commit. Uh, Claire plays on Farmington. Uh, she had a great weekend at the Schmitz Classic, where she had five goals and four assists in the Farmers' uh, three-game uh, winning streak as they kind of somewhat took the tournament or the Classic. Lakeville North, they all had three wins. So um, that's kind of a kudos of some of our players of the past week. Nice work, ladies. Yeah, excellent work. Well, we've talked about last week, and where we haven't been here for two weeks, but let's talk about the upcoming week because we've got some barn burners coming up uh, that we want to make sure that you're aware of because they're going to blow your mind when you hear some of these teams are playing each other. Freaking mind. And these are on the schedule before the rock and roll of the the season goes. These teams have kind of come along, and now they are on the forefront. So I'm going to throw it over. Actually, I'm going to pitch it over to. Uh, uh, Sir Odney, as he's going to get his uh, penalty kick here with some great games are coming up on this coming Friday. Eden Hazard scores! That was a fun highlight. You should YouTube that one. Eden Hazard, uh, super-duper soccer player. We're not talking about soccer right now. We're talking about conference play in girls' high school hockey. Eden Prairie and Wyzetta, late conference rivals. They'll both start conference play in a game. Uh, that's tomorrow, isn't it? Thursday. Yep, that's Thursday. Joining that's them in a conference in a conference battle before Lake Elk River Zimmerman also on Thursday. That's a conference game and a section game. Section seven double A, which is one of we we said cluster before when we were talking about the South Suburban Conference. Seven double A is a cluster in the best way possible. You have some of the top teams battling it out in that section. That's a huge game for section seating. And Blake Breck. <laughs> The rivalry renewed on Friday. Blake Breck rivalry. Oh, the super in, stoked. The invite of the one. privates or the private battle. 
Can, I don't know if that's right. We we are heading. We're heading to Rochester for the Pee Wee Founders Cup, but I'm pretty sure Todd and I will be staring at our computer screens and our Twitter feeds, hoping for updates on the Blake Breck game. Also on Friday, Brainerd Little Falls and Grand Rapids Greenway, the battle of the co-opt associations. Battle of the Slashes, but hey, the the Warriors come into it with a 12-2 and one record on a hot streak as they took the Walls or three games there, and then going into it, Lightning are actually just as hot as well. They are 13 and three right now, so they are looking to get back into the action. They were kind of quiet over the uh, the holiday season, but they're ready to get back into it. So that'll be a good matchup on Friday Night Lights. When Breck has already proven that they can take down a top double A opponent with their win. Over at Dinah, so don't count Breck out just because they're a single-A team going up against Blake. Breck's on that category. Could they move up? Maybe. Could they move up? But they they have to get some supremacy uh, to move up to that double-A. I mean, they just just won a Class-A title for the first time in like six years. True, and it wasn't like they came in second place like four or five years in a row as (laughs) some other programs. Hermantown. (laughs) Hermantown straight tournament up here. So (laughs) Private schools. That's a, that's a, you know we can save it for another day of conversating, but there's actually something that's been kind of fogging my cage a little bit. Fogging your cage. Fogging my cage, uh, or steaming up my my pitch field. Uh, <laughs> soccer. I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> As the fog is dancing on my field, and I'm very mad. Um, that has nothing to do with British soccer. But anyway, what fogged me up a little bit yesterday was I'm watching a Winter Classic, which I enjoy watching. Um, that I enjoy more than the sub the stadium series where they go out to make ice out in Los Angeles and Vegas and all that junk. It's hockey areas where hockey's supposed to be. It's cold. It's chilly. They worry about the sun out in Washington D.C. There's snow in Pittsburgh, but now they say, "Let's bring on Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL." And let's talk about where we're going to have the outdoor game next year. Everybody's jacked. I did see a little Twitter, so the downside of Twitter, it gave me a little sneak peek of I hope I saw my Christmas present beforehand, and I go, the best thing you're going to do is, oh, wait, you're not going to have Pittsburgh. You're not going to be in Chicago. You're not going to be in New York. You're not going to be in Boston, so that's okay. You got smart this year because you you're North, uh, Nor- uh, Notre Dame in a football stadium. That works with a hockey rink. A lot different than if you put a rectangle in a diamond-shaped building. Horrible seats at baseball <laughs> stadiums. You're going to put it in Dallas. So the fog my cage a little bit. I'm like, I can't wait to talk to Mr. Peter the next day about how frustrated I am as a Minnesota State of Hockey resident, lifelong resident, how they cannot put outdoor hockey in our state. Even though we can do it on a yearly basis for high school, college, no problem. State. Uh, Hockey Day in Minnesota works out great. We can get the stupid stadium series. We got to see the Hawks and the North Stars and the Wild on a Sunday. That was great, but why can we not get a simple outdoor classic at TCF Bank Stadium, which has worked once before with big NHL broadcasts January 1. I think, you, I think you answered your own question a couple of seconds ago when you said Hockey Day Minnesota. The NHL doesn't need a Winter Classic game to branch out in the market of Minnesota. Minnesotans are going to watch the NHL, regardless of if they play an outdoor game here once a year or once every 50 years. The goal of the Winter Classic is to spread the NHL to different locales. Light and I mean, Dallas, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex is a big enough market where they don't need the entire market to love hockey. They just need enough to fill the cotton bowl 
which I think is hilarious because uh, Gary Bettman said something about iconic venues in an interview with uh, with The Athletic, and I thought, which hockey fan, when they think of iconic venues, is like, man, you know what's a real mecca for hockey? The freaking Cotton Bowl. I think the Cotton Bowl memory for me was, and I had this moment yesterday with the Cotton with with watching the bowl games, would be Troy Aikman's last collegiate game was at the Cotton Bowl, and then I'm thinking Cotton Bowl memories, Cotton Bowl memories. Yeah, that's where I went to. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the forecast right now. Speaking of how bad and how great of an idea this is, Mr. Bettman, right now I'm looking at the temperature. Right now it is 41 degrees and raining in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, you want to put a hockey game, and I, I understand your point, Peter, where you want to you want to get the venues that are not hockey places. You want to attract hockey to places such as Dallas and Carolina where hockey is not well known. They say they are. But they're not. Nashville, you want to put Nashville down there? If they didn't get to stay in the cup, they'd be looking at Nashville as well because nobody in Tennessee gave a dang about hockey until the Cowboys got there. And then all of a sudden you have Matt uh, Underwood, who's there, running. Now everybody wants to be a hockey fan because now they've tasted the Stanley That's Cup. The cool thing now they're on do. top of the world. But now you've got the Dallas Stars, even though your, your president said some kind words about your star players. Hmm. Hey, that's another story <laughs> again. But it just – and I – I look at it as a purist. I don't look at it as the advertising. I look at the market. I'm like, it's just, to me, it's just ridiculous when you start putting these stupid games. I shouldn't say stupid games. I love the games. I don't like when they put 16 games in a season, like when they did the stadium series. Here's a Winter Classic. Let's have four other games. Like, well, that takes away from your outdoor game. It's outdoor. Put in a venue where people are going to enjoy it that are pure hockey fans. I get You want to get the new fans in there, but it's pure. Let's keep it pure. I mean, the, the NHL is so provincial, even to begin with, that it alienates 90% of the country uh, in terms of sports fan population. So it, it has to wedge itself into a market where it's not as well-known. What I don't agree with is using games as marketing vehicles instead of using players. P.K. Subban should be on every possible NHL network production. Brad Marchand should be on every possible NHL production, whether you like him or not. He's a personality who draws headlines. There's something to be said for name recognition, and the NHL is just awful at marketing their stars to someone other than a hockey fan. Oh, exactly. And if you want people to watch the NHL, don't just worry about putting him in a hockey rink or get him in a, in a stadium or, or city that goes, I wonder who Jesus McDavid is. I've heard about this guy. <laughs> who is he? Who is this Austin 316 Matthews? Who is this guy? Put him on the stage where everybody can see him. NBCN is finally showing Edmonton. They're showing Toronto. They're finally showing Winnipeg. Those are three Canadian teams which are doing super flipping good right now. And why? Because they're superstars. And people are starting to recognize them because they are the face of the league right now. And I would rather watch those Canadian teams in the wild, quite honestly. Sometimes it is. I, I live three and a half miles from the X Energy Center, and I would much rather watch a Toronto Maple Leafs game than a Minnesota Wild game. Right now, they are the hottest ticket. I think they have the top jersey sales-wise in the NHL. If it's I had $300 burning a hole in my pocket, I'd be wearing an Austin Matthews 34 blue jersey right now. Yes. But I don't. No. I paid my student loan instead. Yep. And we do podcasts for change. <laughs> so anyway, Gary Bettman, I know you think you know what you're doing, but you have no idea what you're doing. Just keep it simple. Call us, Minnesota. We'll teach you how to do the outdoor game. And don't put in stupid cities that don't 
deserve to have hockey games. Gary? Or, or get that synthetic ice out in Las Vegas and think you're going to put it outside the MGM and think everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, that looks great. Look at the game. It looks awesome. No, it doesn't, and you know it doesn't. going <laughs> <laughs> to take a moment to collect that was That was my call, which, which, which is outside of the – I told you, it fogged up my cage, and so you got to hear it. No, I hear you. I I think Batman does know what he's doing. I just don't like it. And the problem is I don't like Batman at all, and I, I'm sure that came across. Also it. True. It just There's so many things about him that just drive me crazy. I see him talking. and it No him. Olympics. No Olympics. He's just a weasel, and he thinks he's all that, and every time he gives the cup, he's got to be the forefront of the organization. It's like, you're not. You're not the NHL. Everybody hates <laughs> you. I'm sorry. Except for the NHL guy that, like, Ovechkin, that was the first time I think he liked him last year when he shook his hand when he got the cup. <laughs> if you can, if Ovechkin can up. put uh, put harsh feelings aside, I'm sure we can too, and we can move on to our uh, our three questions. We are closing in on a on our final five and a half minutes. Three questions, yes. So uh, we do have a time frame. I know you guys probably see that. We look in the clock in the wall. So here we are. Three questions of Peter. The first question is. Bowl games. How many bowl games did you watch yesterday? In their entirety? Uh, just bowl games in general because oh, we know I, we can get away from them. That's I another story. I did man. not watch a bowl game yesterday. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. No, no, that's fine. And that's why I talk because <laughs> – and, and here's a here's – a, here's, it's not a talker, but it becomes a talker, so this is a mini memory of Todd. As a small child, as a young adult, as a grown-up, as life has happened, even before I was married, while married. The Cotton Bowl. When I was a kid, and I thought about this yesterday, when New Year's Day came, it was the greatest day in America because you could watch so much football in one day. And it was the simple games. On CBS, you'd watch the Cotton Bowl. It was after the parades, of course. you watch the parades. On CBS, you watch the Cotton Bowl. The only bowl game that they had on CBS was the Cotton Bowl. On ABC, after you watch the Rose Bowl parade, you'd always watch like... The uh, the 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 uh, Outback Steakhouse Parade that I did not see whatsoever. I think it was the Fiesta Bowl, and then they would have, of course, the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, which would be midday because it was always out in California. And then they would have the Sugar Bowl on ABC. Then on NBC, they had like the Florida Citrus Bowl, and then at night they would have the Orange Bowl. That was your lineup on. New Year, New Year's Day, and that was the best because I remember that midday be back and forth between the Cotton Bowl just got done, and now I'm watching Rose Bowl because I finally get to see a Pac-10 team that nobody got to yeah, see. Yeah, you never got to see. You never got to see USC. Or it's like, oh my gosh, look at Oregon. That was before Oregon had like 12 jerseys and everybody loved them. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, the UCLA jerseys, which are classic. But that was my New Year's Day. So yesterday, I'm thinking, oh. Today's going to be a day I'm going to be able to watch it. I know there's the playoff system, and I know it's a little changed, but there's still the classics. You know, those Washington and Ohio State, which I was jacked was to watch. a closer game. Because that was better than it was anticipated. I was looking forward to Kentucky and Penn State. I was looking forward to everything. And then my wife says, wouldn't it be great since you're going to be at the Founders Cup? Maybe we should take down the Christmas decorations. Uh, and we had the Winter Classic on top of it, which I got to watch while I was taking down Christmas decorations <laughs> and trees. Pulling down the and then pulling down the ornaments with one eye on the television. Yes, yes. So we had a couple left over afterwards. They just go in a separate box called Holiday Stuff Leftover. Stuff. But anyway, I got to watch a few games. I got to watch the Sugar Bowl a little bit last night. So that was my bowl game piece. So let's slide into question number two. That took a lot of energy. <laughs> what was your favorite New Year's Eve celebration a couple days ago? Um, 
Oh, man. Well, I did win my fantasy football league, and I took that money, and my lady friend and I went out to dinner and tried to spend all of it and did not come close. In a but we had a lot of fun trying. Dang right. <laughs> Dang. Excuse me. Yes, we would like uh, this appetizer and this appetizer and this appetizer. Oh, no, we're not done yet. We, have, we want this entree, and we want this entree. Perfect. It was. It was wonderful. I couldn't move for a solid six hours on New Year's Day, but other than that. The nice thing was usually we watch like a couple of the shows, and so it was like, ooh, there's this live person singing. Here's this person lip syncing. Oh, is Mariah Carey going to lip sync this year? <laughs> no, we don't think we're going to invite her. I got to see Weezer, which is awesome because I'm a huge Weezer yes. fan, which was awesome too because they sang Intermission at Notre Dame, so they sang their new song. Weezer's so that was better flipping awesome right there. Uh, but we go to the same house we've been going to friends of ours for the last since the kids were, before the kids were born. So it's a seventeen plus year tradition we've been doing. So it's awesome. It's my Burns, my Burnsville friends. Uh, last question of the day, we're gonna throw at you, Peter. What is a resolution that you would bestow on a girls' hockey squad? Oh my gosh. So instead of saying, I would like to start <laughs> running more, I would like to eat more quinoa, what do you feel a squad or girls hockey in general and the high school side, what's a resolution for girls hockey right now? My resolution is for a specific league that plays before the Minnesota girls high school regular season. I would like to see the girls high school elite league commit to... Number one, putting statistics on the website because that's really not that hard. Nope. Commit to make a resolution to number two, promote the league yep. more. And resolution number three, um, just be more active on social media. Tell us when the games are. Tell us who's playing. Update us on commitments throughout the fall. Let us know who's scouting and in attendance. That's fun stuff. That's fun for the girls that are competing. It's fun for the people who cover the sport. It makes it a heck of a lot easier for those of us trying to cover the sport if we have something to fall back on instead of going to Fogarty on a random night and spending four hours sitting in the stands. Yes, I agree with you. I like to give kudos to those folks out there that are tweeters, for example, for girls' high school games. Yes. Because I know, for example, Jefferson Gals, uh, we have a great gal that does the tweeting for that one. I've, I do my side and she does her side when I'm at games. But it's so much fun when you can have something keeping track of where the games are. And we have the boys have got their great, you know, there's some people got a lot of effort and they put a lot of stuff into it. They got stats, they got Graphics, graphics, all the great animation. They got pictures. Picture. They got somebody with a stick, and the, like the Gophers do. Come on, gals, let's let's get some other Twitter folks out there and let's start pumping it up. So we get some. Other, and I'm not trying to say like let's even up. I'm not trying to be boys versus girls. I'm not going to do that. I'm just saying, if girls high school is rocking like it is right now, it's on an incline and it's not going to peak anytime soon. We need to jump up there and just push the social media so people know that girls hockey is for real. The exposure has to meet the demand. Right. He made it simple. I would just ah! He did. Wow. <laughs> that was an energy-packed uh, time. And Killing it right Unfortunately, now. I, I looked at the clock in the wall, and we have come to that time where we have to say goodbye. So, um, Dang it. Even though Gracie Allen's not here, we're, I'm not going to say, say goodnight, Gracie, but I'd like to thank Peter for his insight, his energy, uh, his pitch, his score, his 45 minutes of just positivity, even though it wasn't 45, but that's all. Wayne Rooney! That's how long half is in soccer. But uh, I'd like to thank Peter for everything, and I'm glad that uh, he had a great holiday. I'm glad everybody hopefully had a good holiday out there. Uh, this is Todd Hulk going to sign off here quick, and thank you again for listening to Her Ice because 
It's not his it's ice. It's not his ice. That's right. That was Australian, <laughs> which is not even close to Britain whatsoever, but that's a good key for us to... Hey, take care of yourselves and each other, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool, all about the bouncing master. Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget. Used to keep it cool.